It might be hard to believe, but I sometimes get more nervous preaching in this spot than I do somewhere else. I don't know why that is, but it seems like I, w- I know y'all, and I know y'all love me, and you're going to overlook all my mistakes and everything else, but it just seems different. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Maybe I say some things that I wouldn't say here because I'm, sometimes God gives me something to step on somebody's toes with, but really, truly, I think that I, I do serve a God whose love was greater than my sin. Because each and every one of us tonight have gone through some situation where we were less pleasing to the Lord than we should have been. Whether it be a big a big sin or a little sin, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that we displeased the Lord. And since about five or six weeks ago, there was a service that really touched my heart about hungering and thirst for God. And hunger and thirst is more than just being a little bit hungry and getting you something to eat, you know, and kind of fill it in there for that main course. But I'm going to tell you, I want every course to be a main course. I want every drink that I drink to be the sweetest it can be without all the calories. I want the Lord to pour his being inside of me that when I can't even get up because the cloud of the Shekinah glory is so heavy, that it presses it back down to the altar to where we got to feel the Lord and know that he's calling us. As our brother just said, that those, God has made a call out for us to, in ministry in different places. And, and as Brother Scott said the other night, it might be a small one over here, a small one over there. You might be in three or four different uh, kind t- tied in. And you might be in it for maybe a week and that God's finished you, with you there. And you're going to somewhere else. He's sending you somewhere else, but you're not quite sure where it's going to be at. And you just the hardest thing to do is wait for God to give you directions. Because basically we will, we're a people that don't like to stand still. Just don't like to stand still at all. It makes us nervous. We should be doing something. But sometimes God says just stand still. And he'll move us in the direction that we need to be, that we need to go into. If you will, turn to your Bibles. Let's go to Psalms. 42. And it says, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And my tears have been my meat day and night, and while they continuously say unto me, Where is thy God? Have you been looking for God sometimes and you seem to can't find him? 
you know that his presence is near you by faith you know that he's never leave you or forsake you but you somehow you just can't feel that glory you can't feel that presence of the Lord but you know that he's there if you feel that or if you not can't feel it one thing I want to encourage you today is don't give up don't say well I guess that's not what it was stay with it till God gives you an answer just as that woman bugged that judge over and over. I mean, pray and keep praying and keep praying until God gives you an answer, yes or no. But just have the discernment to know if it's no, then in obedience follow what God's got for you because he'll put you in the right place. But God does test us and gives us testings to make sure that we're going to do or able to do it if we bring us into that qualification so to speak that gives us qualifying to get this accomplished he says my tears have been my meat day and night and while they continue to say unto me where is thy God and when I remembered these things I poured out my soul in me for I had gone with the multitude and I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise and with a multitude that kept holy day so he's asking why Art thou cast down, O my soul? If I've gone to the sanctuary and I've praised God and I've done all these things, why is my soul still down? Why is it still not in the position I want it, not, not have feeling that presence like God wants? I want God to, to be around me. I've had that hunger and thirst for nearly six weeks now, and I want more and more of God. But it takes more than just saying you won't that hunger and thirst that's just there's there's a, a there's a uh there's a work goes in to that hunger and thirst that's going to be required of us it's not just something that you can say and build it up but god's going to give you the uh, resources to do whatever it takes but the thing is we have to got to follow after god's teachings and commandments you can't just ha have that hunger and thirst and not do what God's called you to do. You've got to be willing to give up some stuff. You've got to be willing to take when he calls you into a, uh, to the mission field or wherever it might be that you might go or he's got designed for you. You've got to be ready and able to give up those things that would retain you from not going. It says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why hast thou disquieted me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. In verse 6, it says, Oh, my God, my soul is cast down with me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and the Hermonites and the hill Meshur. Because deep calleth unto deep, as the noise of thy water spouts, and all the waves and thy billows are gone over me. Just as water is necessary to, for our physical life, so God's and his presence are necessary for our spiritual life. And you really can't separate the both, either one, but that's where we're at. We have to have a physical, uh, uh, that's why we're in a body. We're not in a spirit, we're in a body. But we've got to bring this body into subjection to the spirit. So that we can do what God's called us to do or what we want in our lives. And so God and his presence are necessary for our spiritual life and for the complete satisfaction 
of wholesome in all areas of life. And those who truly trust God will hunger and thirst for a deeper relationship with Him and for His favor and supernatural activity in their lives. One, to stop thirsting for God is to die spiritually. If, you're, if you don't have any thirst or you have, don't have any idea or you don't have any uh, want to or you're just coming up here to church because that's the thing to do, then you're not, you're not going to develop that thirst for the Lord. You're not going to develop that thirst to read His Word. You're not going to develop that thirst to get into that prayer closet and do what God's called you to do. Let me tell you something. That prayer closet is a very important step in, in, in completing the thirst for God because it's what separates you from everything else. It gets rid of the distractions. It gets rid of those things. You've got to get to yourself alone sometime or another with God. And you can't do it with a lot of distractions, so that's where spouses can come in and help. One can watch the kids while the other one prays and vices back and forth. But there's got to be a time that you're alone with the Lord, that you can get intimate with the Lord just as you would for a married couple gets intimate. You've got to get intimate with the Lord on that same level and even greater. It's got to be there. It's got to be a want to. It's got to be something where when you start feeling the presence of God, you just want to just envelop the, whatever that presence might be and hold on to it and, and do what, I mean, it's, 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 there's no better feeling than feel the presence of the Lord touching you. There's no better feeling than knowing who it is that's coming to, your, coming to you to lift you up and encourage you. To stop, God, to stop thirsting for God is to die spiritually, and therefore we must not allow anything to take away our deep desire to know God and His purposes. We can't allow anything to interfere with us or distract us. We must avoid becoming distracted by the circumstances of life, including worries, needs, successes, attractions, pleasures. And these things can choke out our hunger and thirst for God if we'll let them. Now, this, it, we got to work. we got to do things in life. we got to, uh, if we don't work, we don't eat. If we don't work, we can't pay for our house notes. There's things that we still have to do, but when we start placing them forefront of who God is and what he is in our lives, then that's where we're failing. Because if God's not first, then the rest of it won't matter. What did he say about seek you first the kingdom of God and all these other things he would add to it? God will take care of us if we'll put him first. He will provide. He will provide for our needs. He'll take care of our worries. So trust in him. He'll take care of our worries. He'll take care of our needs if we'll just acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. And he'll take these attractions and pleasures that would distract us from uh, fulfilling our promises to the Lord to, to really hunger and thirst and he'll put them in a place where we don't have to have them or even want them anymore because our hunger and thirst would be so great for the Lord all these other things would pale in comparison that's where I want to be at and we get to that point right now that everything that I would do other than what to seek out God will pale in comparison to who Jesus is. I don't know if you've ever had a life-changing experience, but it was one when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, wasn't it? Did you feel something 
when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? It wasn't just something you come up here and just mumbled some words and said, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And the person says yes, and okay, we got another saving, and come on, push him to the side and get another one so we can get a body count. Or did we pray with that person to we who are saints of God and have the concern, have the, the uh, discernment in us that we can see that this man or this woman still needs some prayer over them. Because sometimes they're right on the they're right on the edge. They're right on the edge. And that edge sometimes mirrors what salvation is because the devil's a trickster. And he'll get you to quit praying for somebody. Listen to me now. He'll get you to start praying for uh, stop praying for somebody because they're mouthing the right words and they, they're doing the right actions and they, they're looking like they're mirroring on what a Christian ought to be. But yet they got that devil in behind them waiting for it. It's all the theatrics or whatever you want to call it uh, of this guy don't want to he wants to be saved but he's not getting saved because he's got a distraction of the devil he's got some issues he still has to deal with and they need to be dealt with before we let him go that's why we see people who come into this church come to this altar shed tears get up and never see this place again I'm not trying to say that we're anything about our church at all. I'm not. But I'm just telling you right now, as I said, that something's fixing to happen soon. We've got to be discerning of who comes in and who doesn't. Because there are some that can come in and, and split. There are some who can come in and cause havoc. We've got to be discerning of spirits. We have to be. If we're not discerning of experiences, then we're not we're not really watching out for our loved ones, for our children, who we place in positions. All of these make a difference. I, I, I know this is not this is not something you're going to jump up and run around with, but this is something that I think God gave me to tell you that there's some hard decisions that we may have to make sometime. But we need to make sure in discerning our spirits, knowing that when a guy says he accepts Jesus Christ, that's the, that's the real deal. Because I've seen a person have a spirit of religion, and they would, or they'd look like they'd be a super saint. But they weren't. They had a powerful enemy that resided in them, that was with them. And it was a devil that they, they wanted to hold on to. Because when they would just, but you got to be discerning and, and have that cast out. And that's the other thing. How, do, how can we go about expecting, if we can't cast out devils, we ought to be. That's what he said. Okay. It says when in sickness, he says in Acts 8 and 7, it says for unclean spirits, Crying with a loud voice came out of many that were past with them, or posed with them, present with them, I'm sorry, and may taken uh, them uh, with palsies and were lame and were healed. 
Jesus, when he went around healing people, he also cast out devils. So we have to be aware of those things, that there can be devils that can slip in unaware. It says, also, they can also rob us of the desire and the discipline needed to pursue a deeper relationship with God through His Word and through prayer. That's, that's, this, is, this is very deep, huh? It says, deeper relation with God through His what? His Word. If you're not reading His Word and you don't know what it says, how are you going to combat devils? Jesus was with one for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was able to say it is written because he is the Word. The Word is the most important thing that there is besides the Holy Spirit because the Word, it says heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word will not. That Word is very important. Without the Word, how are we going to cast out demons and through prayer it says the righteous prayer of a, of a I mean the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much it said the effectual prayer we got to we got to understand that prayer word is very important to us in our life to maintain a hunger and a thirst for the Lord. God's ministry, and you you just you just went a different direction, and God said, wait a minute, we're not doing that, and you just wanted to have your way anyway, so God put a stop to it. God will spank you, just like a loving father will. And, that, and, and saying that, there's been too little amount of spankings going on in this last decade or two decades. There should have been a whole lot more. Spare not the rod. And, 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 and I, I may not be a... I, we, me and Cricket had a son that died in childbirth or in a tubal pregnancy. So I tend to look at little kids like mine or with the same joy because they tickle me so much. They're so funny. <laughs> they really are. They're so funny. But then I don't have to take them home and listen to them and do all that other thing. So, I mean, I get the better parts of them. But it's like those little kids on them buses. I don't know their home life. I, don't, I really don't. The, the, the most happiest kid on that bus might have something at home that's tragic to them. And we don't know. I don't know how I got on that that part right there. Where did that go? And he said, but truly faithful believers will continue to pursue a deeper relationship with God and no matter what their feelings or outward circumstances may be. And the Lord promises to bless them who hunger and thirst after righteousness out of Matthew 5 and 6. He said, even when God seems to be silent, we must continue to develop our relationship with him and allow the Holy Spirit to build our character while leading us closer. We must never give up hope when seeking his unfailing love. So when you don't feel anything and you don't, nothing seems to be going your way, 
that God has said this is what would happen, sometimes it's a delay in what God's got for you. A delay. Okay, just a second. In Psalms uh, 63... I guess when the kids start coming in here, that's a sign. Okay. Because I got three more sections to read here. It says in 63, it says, Oh my, oh God, thou art my God early, and I will seek thee. Thou art my God early, and I will seek thee. And my soul thirsteth for thee, and my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Whew. Every believer should pray as David did in this psalm. Verse 2 says, For see the power in thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. And I want to tell you of an experience on verse 3 that I had, and I'm, I probably have told you before, but I don't care. I'll tell you again. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. I was about 12 years old, 11 or 12 years old, and I was down at a Assembly of God church at 1122 and 90, 92 there. Used to be uh, Evergreen Assembly of God. It used to be pastored by F.C. Drake. And there was that Holy Ghost. I'm talking about people were running around. Bobby pins were coming out of people's hair pieces. And I was up close to the front. I won't ever forget it. I got a picture of it in my mind exactly how it was. And God... Jesus or God put a cylinder over me running up and down to the floor and I'm inside this cylinder. This is at church. I'm inside that cylinder and all I could feel was love. All I could feel was a love that surpassed any love that I've ever felt or anything that human love has no comparison to what I felt. I don't even have a word to tell you how I felt, only thing that is indescribable. But I know what I felt, and I know what I saw. No one else saw it, but I know what I saw, and I know what I felt, and I begged Jesus to kill me before he left. I begged to die because I did not want to lose that peace that passes all understanding to a degree that I've never felt it since. But God let me know that he was very real and very real that night. That is why I can say, because our loving kindness is better than life. This flesh would have been gladly shed for a spiritual body if the Lord would have seen fit to do so. But he says, I am not through with you. No, he, he didn't tell me that, but the evidence is he didn't kill me and take me to heaven, so he must not have been through with me. And if you're still here tonight, God's not through with you. 
Because Brother Scott preached the other night. He talked about two or three. You might have two or three different ministries. But there's it's coming a time when those ministries are going to come together and there's going to be there be weeded, not weeded out, but completed so that the main thing that God's got going on is going to be manifested and you're going to know it and see it in this church. I'm just going to go ahead and declare it. We're going to see healing. We're going to see salvations of people who said in this community, that man will never go to church. That woman will never go to church. That, those, those kids, man, they, they are something awful. But God is going to touch people in this community because people are being faithful to the small things that has been entrusted to them, and God's going to use them in such a way that it's going to be uh, just a, like a miracle going on. There's going to be people doing things they never thought they would do. You might see somebody up there at that, uh, not a racetrack because nobody races around here, but I mean that little Fred Park oval thing that's supposed to be, what is it, a, a, a quarter mile or, or half, whatever it is. I rode it on my motorcycle one day, and I, I did pretty good. I got a mile. But the thing is, you might see somebody down there one day holding a sign saying, Prayer Walk for Jesus. Drive by there, it's already says Jesus. Fred has Jesus. What's the difference of seeing somebody walking around in that park says, Prayer for Jesus. There may be things going on that you, you just never would have thought or imagined, but I, I believe before the end of this year is, there's going to be some things that happen before the year is over with. And it's going to happen soon because this year is flying by. But I tell you, you may not like that verse that I've read, but I like it because I remember the experience that I had. And if heaven is anything like what I felt, <laughs> You, you will be satisfied because I actually, I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you, not one bit. I prayed for the Lord. I, I wanted, because when I could start feeling that presence start to leave, I was wanting to hold on to it, but I couldn't hold on to it. And that's when I just went to begging, Lord, take me with you. Don't leave me here. Whew, mm, that's the only thing I can think of is like a little kid holding on to their daddy's leg as the daddy's going off to, work out of town somewhere, not going to be around for a little while, and that child holding on that daddy just begging him to stay. Take me with you, daddy. Take me with you. I'll tell you, that's a hunger and a thirst. That's a hunger and a thirst. And I'm, I'm still searching for the God to give me that hunger and thirst, and if he can't duplicate that, I won't du duplicate that. Give me something similar to it. Because I, I need it. My soul shall be fat, satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. And when I remember thee upon my bed and medicine and meditate on uh, meditate thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. And therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. And my soul falleth hard after thee, and my right hand upholdeth me. But those that would seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. And they shall fall by the sword, and they shall be a portion for their foxes. 
But the king shall rejoice in God. And everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Uh huh. The enemy is trying all kinds of, of devices. They use it governments. What government are you a part of? You can answer back. It's what 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 government are you a part of? Kingdom of God. That's the government that I'm most associated with. This government we have in the United States, it will pass away. And it may pass away quicker than we think. Not so much in the destruction of it, but in the destruction of the what's allowed to be happening and what's allowed to be said. We live in a society that thinks it's okay to do abominable things. They are the ones that says that there is no God. You said a fool in his what his heart says there's no God. It may not be that, but but if you don't believe in God, you are a fool. And I know this that he says, but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. God's going to protect us. We who are following after him with everything that we got, God is going to protect you. But we have to speak with a boldness that we haven't spoke before. Can't let it can't let it get away from us. This uh Hmm. In verse 63 and ver- uh, verse chapter 63 and verse 2 it says to seek thy power and thy glory in the sanctuary not only should we be desperately desire God's presence in our personal lives but we should also long for the power and presence of God's spirit to be evident in the places where we worship together Y'all agree with that? Not only should we desperately desire God's presence in our personal life, but we should also long for the power and presence of God's Spirit to be evident in the places where we worship together. In other words, we don't need to be backbiting against one another, but to hold each other up, to support one another, to give others encouragement. Those who are falling, you, we, this is a place where you can come and somebody's got a problem, there's other people ready to stand around and uh, stand by and help you with that problem. When people come up here to be prayed for, there's people that come up there and pray with them. When somebody needs something done, there's people around that accomplish that. There's people who receive things from this church that most other churches hadn't even thought of. But God's taking care of it because he loves us. And we have a congregation of people who manifest that love here in this church in a physical way. You can't tell me when you come down here sometimes you don't get goosebumps on you from uh, listening to the, to the praise and worship that Mike and them do. 
But it also gets in there where somebody gets filled full of the Holy Spirit. And you see the joy upon her face by something that's got turned loose and, and, and destroyed and taken away. That they no longer have to worry about that no more. Because they've been delivered from it. We still worship in a place no matter if some have come in here and gone out again. They're still welcome back with open arms. They're not saying, no, go back out and get right before you come back in. But come on in. I don't want to be in a church that turns people the sick away. I remember when the devil had control of my mind. And what would have happened if somebody had said, no, I know who he is. He's a drunk. He's not going to get saved. We don't need to fool with him. We'll, we'll take these nice people over here. These civic-minded government people. The ones that go like sheep to the slaughter because they won't stand up with the boldness that God's called us to stand up with. See, when we start compromising God's word, it's not going to be a pleasant thing. And a lot of churches have done, have done exactly that. They have, they have compromised God's word where they'll put a, a practicing homosexual behind a pulpit to preach the gospel of Christ. All in the doctrine of Jesus' love. He's also judgment. As far as appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. Those are some things we're going to have to come about and people are not going to like it. People are going to call us haters. People are going to call us ignorant. I mean... I know the earth's round and not flat. So, but there's a lot of people. <laughs> there might be a couple of people that actually believe that, I think. Let me read, go to one more deal. Psalms 119. It says, Where with all shall a young man cleanse his ways? This is an instruction part right here by taking heed thereto, thereto according to thy word with my whole heart have I sought thee and oh let me not wander from the, thy commandments thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee and blessed art thou O Lord and teach me thy statutes and with my lips have I declared all the judgments of my mouth? And I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. And I will meditate upon thy, uh, in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. And I will delight myself in the statutes and will not forget thy word. God's followers keep their lives morally and spiritually pure, free from corruption and resistance to the immoral influences that correct, characterize the social environment in which we live. And I'll tell you something right now if they're talking about young men and young women. You might check their electronic devices to see what's on it. You might be surprised. You might not. 
that you need to check and find out. I mean, a whisper here and there goes by, and I can't put everything together, but I can start building a, a little bit of idea of what's going on in our young people. And just because they go to church, don't do that. I, I remember when I went to church, and when you reach a certain age. But the psalm here lists the following eight ways one in each verse. It says, by making a firm and uncompromising decision to remain loyal to God's written word for the rest of our lives. And that didn't mean make a half-hearted attempt at it, but it said making a firm and uncompromising decision to remain loyal to God's written word for the rest of our lives. I don't mean for just a month or two and then, okay, I'll go back to doing what I was doing and God's, you know, I'm saved. And No, you, you, you're, you're walking away from God is what you're doing. You might have been saved at one time, but when you walk away from God, you ain't saved no more. I, I, I beg the difference on that. Y'all can just talk with me later about it if you disagree. Number two, by expressing our dependence on God through prayer, because we need to have his okay. We start doing things on our own. We end up in a mess. By committing God's word to memory. Okay. Now I'm getting old. I'll admit it. I don't feel old, but I'll admit it. Well, yeah. But memory seems to be a problem. And I hear all kinds of things on TV for memory. And I hadn't tried any. I'm still praying for the Lord for memory. And I believe the Lord will have better luck with it. By committing God's word to memory. Every time we can remember a verse, that's one, that's one more block of, of uh, ammunition that we have against the devil. The more we can memorize, the better off we are. And the only way to do that is to stay in the Bible, stay reading it. Listen to it. Listen to. I don't care. Put it on a CD or put it on a, uh, whatever. Put it in your car. Listen to it and hear it. Hearing. Number four, by looking for God's guidance. And how do we look for God's guidance? And that's in His Word. That's in His Bible right here. His Word. Is, I know this is just nothing but paper, but on it and what's in it is more than that. That's why when this Bible salesman come by my grandma's house one time and he was trying to show her how good the Bible was and he was up flapping it around like this and going like this with it, I said, hey, quit doing that. Because to me, that was sacrilegious to take that Bible. And he didn't know we were Pentecostal. And, uh, he just I guess he thought we were Presbyterian or something. I don't know. But it just seemed wrong, and it seems wrong today to do it. I had to get get over my idea about marking in it and by considering the outcome of God's ways as opposed to what the world's ways are and we all know what the ways of the world are now they're not they're not good but let me <coughs> but let me just cue you in on something uh, they lost the war it's in the headlines in heaven he said fear not little one for I've overcome the world did he not so I don't really have to tell 
I just don't have to do the world's ways and then I'm okay because the world's ways should have no effect on me who is a Christian. We, we got power. And if you don't believe it, I'm not going to read it, but read Romans 6 chapter and see how much power that we have as a Christian. That, that one chapter, read it. And I challenge you, I'm going to challenge myself to remember that, memorize that chapter. I don't think it's but about 22, 23 verses long. might be a little longer. That ain't too much, is it? <laughs> just, just read it. And by never becoming too busy to read and study God's Word. Okay? How many? I don't, don't raise your hands. Just think about this. But how many of you spend more time reading your Bible than you do at your TV set? You don't have to answer it. It'll become evident on you. By never becoming too busy to read and study God's Word. Don't let something of this world keep you from doing something in the Spirit. And reading that Word is very important. I didn't know which way to go with this. It had about three ways and then four rabbit trails each way. But I didn't go nothing what I thought I was going to go, or barely. But I do know this one thing. Jesus loves each and every one of us. And he's ready for us to do what he's called. If he's, if you, you know if you've got a calling on your life, there's, I, I don't, I mean, everybody in here is pretty much knows that Jesus or God's got a call on your life. All he's asking for us to do is be faithful to it. No matter what it is, be faithful to it. It might be that maybe you uh, maybe you pray for people and you call those people up and you pray for them. Maybe you put it on Facebook.